Father, tonight we're thankful that we're here together. Thank you for the privilege of meeting in a free nation and with the ability to lift up our voice and to lift up your name. Lord, we love you tonight. We magnify you. Speak to us tonight, we pray, through the word and by your spirit. And we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. One of the main statements that I made this morning is whatever we magnify and whatever we glorify, we give place to in our life. Amen. So we want to make sure that we're magnifying the Lord, not the difficulty, magnifying the healer and not the disease, magnifying the financier and not the bills, magnifying freedom from fear and not the one who brings fear. Amen. One thought that I, I had this morning in between services is there's always going to be challenges that come our way. Always. It's just the nature of living in a fallen world. The enemy walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Amen. Well, we don't have to be devoured because we are able to resist him uh, with our faith. But nonetheless, challenges come to each and every one of us. And this thought came to me this morning. We should be challenging the challenger. Amen? Amen? Amen. Not cowing down in fear and backing down from the challenges that we face, but rather rising up on the inside and magnifying the Lord and challenging every challenge He brings our way with the word of life and with the gifts of the Spirit and with the weapons of our warfare. He challenged Jesus, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Jesus said, It is written. He counteracted the challenge with challenging words right from the Word of God. Amen? So if you're challenged this week, and He comes with His lies, and He oftentimes comes with machine guns, don't sit there and listen to Him all day. Rise up, child of God. Rise up, saints of God, and challenge your challenger, amen, with world-overcoming faith. I like that word, don't you? Amen. So the psalmist said, oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt His name together. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 57, you could go there. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 57 This is a a partner scripture with 2 Corinthians 2.14, which we looked at today, which says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph, and through us spreads the fragrance of Him everywhere we go. Amen? We have the fragrance of victory in us and on us, because I got the victor living in me. How about you? When you got the victor living in you, guess where you live? You live on the victory side. Amen. I love when Pastor Tom sings that. I'm on the victory side. I'm on the victory side. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. In 1 Corinthians 15 verse 57, let's read it together. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we see here that victory is a gift, just like Righteousness is a gift. Dad Hagen used to like to quote that scripture a lot, sometimes out of the blue. You just hear him say, Thanks be unto God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Now, religion will teach you how to fail and explain why it's God's mysterious will when you do. But we're not talking about religion. We're talking about the Word. We're talking about a relationship with Almighty God who is very interested in every detail of your life and is very interested in you and I winning in life. Amen? So another area of thanksgiving, and if you weren't able to get the CD this morning, get it. Uh, Both services were good. They weren't real long, maybe 34 minutes, 33 minutes apiece. But a lot of good things in there, a lot of good revelation. So this is part two. So an area of thanksgiving that we want to talk about is thanking God for what has not yet manifested. So when we walk by faith, we thank God for healing when our body may be racked with pain. Amen? We just keep it up. How many of you have ever heard of Lillian B. Yeomans? A great book called The Praise Cure. And in her book, she tells the story of a woman who went to China as a missionary many years ago. And uh, she went there and, and uh, she contracted smallpox. There was no cure at all for those days, in those days. The missionary was quarantined in her room and these ugly uh, marks covered her body. I mean, from the top of her head, soles of her feet. She was stricken with that deadly disease. She didn't know what to do. So she began to fervently seek the Lord. How many of you know the Lord always rewards diligent seekers? And so she, uh, the Lord showed her a vision of two baskets. One basket contained the test and the trial, the smallpox. The other basket uh, was, was, was full. The other basket contained her praise. And that basket was only half full. And here's what the Lord told her. The praise bucket needed to be filled with praises so it would outweigh the basket of the test and trial. And when the praise basket was full, her healing would be manifested. So that missionary lay quarantined in her bedroom day and night, day and night, day and night. Everyone feared for her life. Glory to God. But she started praising God from her room all day and all night. They thought that she was a delirious woman. They may think you're delirious. They may think you're crazy, but you're not. You're a peculiar people, a purchased possession, and you're showing the pray forth the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Amen. But in spite of all opposition, she continued to praise God, and she did nothing but praise God. She praised God and praised God, and the result was this. After several days of heartfelt praise, the Lord showed her that the praise basket was full. She walked out of that quarantine room completely healed. Hallelujah. Well, she took the praise cure. I think it's a good cure to take. Amen? It's better than the grapefruit cure, I'll tell you that right now. (laughs) It's certainly a lot better than the prune cure. Amen. So here's what happens, you know, in the body of Christ a lot of times. People are big on results, but little on praise. Big on results. Gloria Copeland says this. She said, praise is the language of receiving. If you believe you've received it, you're going to be thanking God for it. If you're still trying to get it, then you're not going to be thanking God for it. Whether it manifests yet or not, you've received it. It's coming. You don't quit. Just keep praising God. Isn't that what Abraham did? Father of many nations? Amen? Abraham didn't consider his body, the deadness of Sarah's womb, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And on that path and on that process, he kept his hope alive because he was on a sure foundation. And sure enough, 
Isaac was born. Amen. Amen. Now, let's go a little bit further tonight. Look at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 5. Anybody ever heard of a fellow by the name of Enoch? All right. What was Enoch, what was Enoch known for? Enoch was known for walking with God. And what happened when he walked with God? Amen. He, he so walked with God and the glory of God that he just walked right into the glory. Amen. But you know what? Enoch walked with God by faith. Just like you and I walk with God. We walk with God by faith. Now notice in Hebrews, the 11th chapter and the 5th verse. Hebrews 11.5 says this. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. Now notice this next statement, for before. Everyone say, for before. For before his translation, he had a testimony. Can anyone tell me what that testimony was? The testimony was that he pleased God. Oh, hallelujah. I just want to stop and say this. Faith can move you out of one realm into another realm. Faith can move you from one place to another. Now notice what it doesn't say. It does not say that Enoch pleased God when he was translated. No, he pleased God before he was translated. Do you see that? Now, here's the truth that I want to work on just for a little while tonight. Before your manifestation, you may not be translated till we're all raptured or however it works out. But before your manifestation, you must please God. We must please God. And I've got a question for you scriptorians tonight. What is it that pleases God? Faith pleases God. Pull uh, verse 6 up here now. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to do what? To please him. Let's read the rest. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Now, keep that up there and let's notice what it doesn't say. It does not say without results, it's impossible to please God. It does not say without your healing. Or without your money. Or without your kids coming in. It doesn't say that. Now here's what the enemy does. He's very subtle and very deceitful. He will bring condemnation if he can get you out of the arena of faith. Many people get condemned because the manifestation has not happened yet. It has nothing to do with whether it's happened yet or not. What our part is, is we must continuously please God. And faith pleases God. If faith pleases God. How many of you have seen it? I'm going to repeat it just one more time. It does not say without results it's impossible to please God. It doesn't say without your healing it's impossible to please God. Listen folks, if you're fighting the good fight of faith... And you are doing your level best to be in the Word and be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And you're walking with God. You are pleasing God. Regardless of what kind of hell you may be going through. 
And you know what? That's good news. That saved me from a lot of condemnation because I had me a lot of challenges. My test basket was full. <laughs> Hallelujah. Some of you can, can relate to that. Probably all of you can. But it just saved me and lifted me out of condemnation. You know what? What I believe I've received may have not yet manifested yet, but I'm going to still please God every day of my life. Amen. How about you? Amen. Oh, let's raise our hands and magnify him a minute. Ha, 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 devil. Glory to God. We got his number. We got his number. You know what his number is? Zero, zero. You know what ours is? Seven, seven, seven. Hallelujah. All right. So thanksgiving then is an act of faith that gives God a right to get into your business. I want him in my business. So thanksgiving then is an act of faith that gives God a right to get in my business. So I must learn to praise him on my own. I must learn to praise him on my own. I love when Pastor Tom leads us into the throne of grace. But Pastor Tom, at about 8 o'clock tonight, is going to go home and maybe even eat some popcorn or whatever. And he will not be at your bed in the morning saying, let us all praise the Lord. I said it this morning, I'll say it again tonight. You cannot hire someone to do your praise for you. James says this, is any of you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any among you merry? Well, call up Brother Luot and let him sing for you. No. If you're merry, sing. If you're afflicted, pray. And so we must all take responsibility for our daily walk with God and our daily praise. Amen? Don't wait till you get to church to get your praise on. Amen? Just like you don't wait to get to church to put your clothing on, you don't wait till you get to church to put the garment of praise on. You put the garment of praise on and you keep the garment of praise on day and night. Somebody help us. Hallelujah. So I think you got that, right? All right. Now, let's take it one step further. Praise builds a fortress of protection around us. And shuts the devil's mouth right up. He's mouthy, ain't he? Let's look at some scriptures. Psalms 8, verse 2. Psalms 8, verse 2. Glory to God. Glory to God. God's so good to us. He's so good to us. He's good all the time. Psalms 8 verse 2 says, Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast ordained strength. Thou hast ordained strength. Amen. That thou mightest steal the enemy and the avenger. And then going over to Matthew 21 and verse 16. And I do want to look at that in the message translation. Matthew 21 verse 16. Hallelujah. Mm, mm, mm. Some of you got your ode to victory on tonight. Whoo, glory. When we were in London, we spent a few days in London just to get 
make sure we were, when we went to Africa, we were rested. God supernaturally helped us. I mean, we slept like babies over there. We slept like babies over in Africa. And it's nine hours ahead over there. And, uh, but we went to London to kind of get, you know, used to the time and spend some time just loving one another and, and doing, uh, you know, things like that. But Brenda bought some nice perfume at this wonderful store. Hallelujah. And uh, she got in the car this morning and I said, Ooh, you smell good. You smell good. Beautiful perfume. Well, that's what the world should sense from us. You know what? Something about you is different. You must be a Christian. Amen. Now, you can be a Christian and be a smelly Christian. A person, not you, but a person can be a Christian and be a bitter Christian. And bitterness and strife, no matter how you slice it, it's tangible. If you go into a home, it might be a Christian home, but if you go into a home where there's been a lot of arguments and a lot of fussing and a lot of fighting, you can sense it in the air. Can't you? You can go into a church like that. You can walk into a church where there's been strife and maybe they've been arguing about the color of the carpet or you know, half the church wants the pastor to leave, a third of them want to crucify him, and four of them just don't care. You walk into a church like that, man. Ooh. Oh, they stinky. Not good. Not good. It's tangible, guys. Your disposition is tangible. Your attitude is tangible. And that's why we are so strong on the spirit of prayer here. And the spirit of praise. And the spirit of faith. Amen? Just something different about people that praise God. Amen. Amen. Matthew 21, 16 in the message says this. Huh. Well, I done done it. I got the wrong scripture, Ethel. From the mouth of children and babes, I'll furnish a place of praise. But in my notes it says, praise drowns out enemy talk and silences atheistic babble. Well, that'll do too. That's Miamo translation. God's word says to silence the enemy and the avenger. Amen. How many of you want to be stable in an unstable world? Amen. Solid. Amen. Psalms 91, yeah. verse 1 in the Amplified. Let's look at that verse. Psalm 91, verse 1. Psalm 91, verse 1 in the Amplified. Of course, in the King James, it says, He that dwelleth in the secret place shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Next verse says, I will say of the Lord... But he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain what? Shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power, incidentally, no foe can withstand. 
So there is this place called secret. The secret place of the Most High is the Holy of Holies. It's the very presence of the Lord. You and I have been invited into the Holy of Holies. Amen? Every day of our lives. And so as we dwell in that secret place, and one way to dwell in the secret place of the Most High is to worship Him. And to wait on Him. And just love Him. And so one of the results then of thus doing, you will remain stable in an unstable world. You will be fixed under the shadow of El Shaddai. Whose power no foe can withstand. Psalms 8-2. Psalms 8-2. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. Psalms 9 now, verses 1 through 3. I'm going to take my jacket off here. Raul, you're doing good, man. What time is it in the Philippines right now? Five in the morning. Five in the morning. Praise the Lord. Raul, you know what I did last Sunday morning? We were a little lagged. We got in on Thursday. And uh, Brenda had made some chicken noodle soup. And uh, I got so hungry, like at 7 a.m., so I put the chicken noodle soup on. I had me a great big dinner at 7 in the morning. <laughs> Brenna smelled the chicken noodle soup. What's he doing down there? He's eating chicken noodle soup. Amen. Well, you may want to just go home and have some loopy about 7 a.m. tomorrow morning. <laughs> Amen. In Psalms uh, 9, verses 1 through 3. Are you happy in the house tonight? Man, family's good, isn't it? We're a church family. We can have some fun, can't we? Just enjoy one another's presence. Psalms 9 verses 1 through 3 says, I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. Now notice what happens. When my enemies are turned back, what shall they do? They shall fall and perish at what? Now the question I have for you, what brought the presence? Praise Praise and thanksgiving brought the presence on the scene. Does that still happen today? Hallelujah. I love that scripture. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You have prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. At the table, sing praises to God. Amen. Your enemy will fall and perish at the very presence of God. Have you noticed that life is better and life is brighter when you're in his presence? Amen. Now notice another scripture. Look it over at Psalm 16 and verse 11. Psalm 16 and verse 11. Talking about presence. Amen. Christmas presents. That's what I'm after. How about you? Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about something that's all wrapped up nicely. I'm talking about presents in our house. Presence in the church. Oh, permeated with His presence. Psalm 1611. Let's read it together. Thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence... 
I'm glad it doesn't say in his presence is fullness of sorrow. No, in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. And at thy right hand, what else happens? Pleasures forevermore. Amen. C.S. Lewis said this, joy is the serious business of heaven. Joy is the, I mean, it's serious up there. <laughs> Amen? There's not a lot, I'll tell you right now, there's no somber saints there. There's no bummed out believers there. There's no people that have been victimized up there. It's serious. This is serious stuff, guys. Joy is the serious business of heaven. In His presence, there's fullness of joy. Joy is the serious business of heaven. Oh, Woo, glory to God. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Joy should be our serious business here on earth. Hallelujah. Keep the joy bells ringing this season. Amen. Put the eggnog down. Get in over into the presence of God. Thank you, Lord. I get joy when I think about what He's done for me. How about you? I get joy when I think about what He's done for me. So ministering to the Lord in praise quiets your spirit and strengthens your spirit. The man who is spiritually fit spends much time ministering to the Lord in praise. And Mark Hankins says this. I love this statement. How many of you have ever been in Brother Mark Hankins' meeting? Last time he was here, your husband was rolling on the floor. That old Greek or young Greek or whatever you want to... He was rolling. He was, he was beside himself. I can remember my mom and dad. You know, my mom and dad were Catholics. My dad uh, converted, I don't know how old I was when he converted to Catholicism. But they said that they used to go watch the Holy Rollers. I mean, it was, it was odd to them. And they just peek in the windows and they'd watch the Holy Rollers. Well, let them watch. Hallelujah. I believe some of them are going to come on in. Amen. Yeah, he was rolling on the floor. Why could and how could a dignified man get so happy and so full of the Holy Ghost and so drunk in the Lord that he just rolled on the floor? Dell was rolling over there. Amen. That, my friends, is freedom. Amen. Now, you don't roll on the floor just to put something on. But I tell you, when the Holy Ghost says, roll, baby, you better roll. So, here's what Mark Hankins said. I like Mark Hankins, don't you? Amen. Praise the Lord. If he'd pay me enough, I'd have him come. Just kidding. 
Here's what Mark said. He said, if you only knew what happens in the Spirit when you rejoice, you would do it every day. Hallelujah. Read it again. If you only knew what... In other words, something must be happening. Something must be getting stirred up. Some devils must be running. Some presence must be permeating the very atmosphere. If you only knew what happens in the Spirit, when you rejoice, you do it every day. Ma and Pa Goodwin, who were... Very, very close friends with Dad and Mrs. Hagen. They pastored in Texas. And Brother Hagen said he would go out of his way. He would drive out of his way for hours just to go have some fellowship with them. They were supernatural pastors. They were used in the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues. I mean, so accurate. It was, it was awesome to behold. Remember, they were at Ramah that one year. It was just just an amazing thing. And Dad Goodwin, Pop Goodwin, he said, you know, when money would get short and we needed money, he said, I'd just get up and dance the money in. <laughs> Amen. That's a thought right there. I'd just dance the money in. Somebody says, now how do you do it? Is it the Lindy or the two-step or the waltz? <laughs> No, you just dance. And it may not be pretty. I've seen some of you dance. It ain't pretty. Amen. <laughs> You've seen me dance. It ain't pretty. It's not about being pretty. It's about having a party of joy and enjoying the fullness of the presence of God and dancing in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. So we're going to camp out here just for another minute. If you only knew what happens in the Spirit, I recommend each and every one of you having a hallelujah hallway. Or having a place in your home where you can get apart and shout. Get apart and dance. And dance during the most difficult times. Praise during the most... I'm telling you, something happens. Something is broken. It breaks the devil's back. It discourages him. He looks and says, what in the world are they doing? We're not doing it in the world. We're doing it in the Word. And we're doing it in the Spirit. Amen? It discourages your enemy. So he says, well, Pastor Mark, I'll do it if it's easy. I'll guarantee you... At first, it's never easy. But if you will train yourself to do it as a way of life, it gets easier and easier and easier and easier. When I was going through some physical challenges in my life, and it didn't look like things were getting better, I'd go to Hallelujah Hallway, and I'd run up and down the hallway, and I'd just shout and praise and dance and thank God that by His stripes I was healed. Hallelujah! 
And it elevated my spirit. And it enabled me to face tomorrow with faith rather than putting the covers over my head and cowering down and backing down in fear. I'll guarantee you, if it worked for me, it'll work for you. Amen. 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 Don't let the blues get you. Don't let the blues get you down. Don't let the world cause you to wear a frown. But rise up and run and shout and dance. Do whatever you got to do. Amen. And if you've got some brothers that hang out with you and they become the blues brothers in your life, you might just need to check them out of your life. And then you got to get rid of the booze brothers too. Booze brothers. <laughs> Amen. We will not be having a service. I'll guarantee you, we will not be having a service here with beer in one hand and a hymnal in the other. Your husband gave me a magazine the other day. Oh no. Yeah. I know. And that it was. It literally said this. Inviting a select group to come to a seminar where they were going to discuss theology, and the title of it was Whiskey and Worship. Whiskey and Worship, yeah. We're going to discuss theology, and then we're going to tour several distilleries. What in the world do we need that for? The Bible says, be not drunk with wine, where is dissipation, but rather be filled with the Spirit. Amen? Glory to God. Somebody says, you're meddling tonight. Yeah, I am, but it feels good. If you only knew (laughs) what happens in the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, when you rejoice, you'd do it every day. You do it every day. Hallelujah. You do it every day. That's what you're going to do in the morning when you get up to go to work, Raul. Hallelujah. You're going to dance the strength in. Glory to God. Let God saturate you. Rejoice in His promises. Joy is the serious business of heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just rejoice for a few moments tonight. Glory to God. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Pastor Mark, I was waiting for something else. Well, this is it. I'm sorry. Glory to God. Amen. I thought you'd take us on to some deeper revelations. Sorry, this is it. Hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Woo, just one taste. One taste of the Holy Ghost. You'll want more and more and more and more. Woo, hallelujah. It'll fill you through and through. And open up a greater door for you. Hallelujah. Glory to God.
Amen. If you only knew what happens in the spirit when you rejoice, you do it every day. We're just going to do whatever the spirit of God has us do. Listen to this. Here's what happens when we laugh. Our body performs rhythmic, vocalized, and involuntary actions. Fifteen facial muscles are used when you laugh. There's an electrical stimulation of the zygomatic muscle in your face when you laugh. I didn't even know I had one of these. But we all have one. It's a major muscle in your face which extends from your cheekbone to the corners of your mouth. It raises the corner of your mouth when a person smiles. And currents of varying intensity produce a wide range of facial responses. This is just what happens when you laugh, let alone all the other organs of your body that are impacted in a positive way. Laughter is a powerful God-given force. There are also some things that happen in your body when you laugh. I think some people are underlaughed. You know, people can be undernourished, and I think it's obvious that a lot of people are underlaughed. You need to laugh. You need to quit taking life and yourself so seriously. Listen to some of the benefits of laughter. Some studies have shown that healthy people laugh at least 15 times a day. Three good belly laughs give you optimum benefits. Uh, another study said that a hundred belly laughs is equivalent to ten minutes on a rowing machine. When's the last time you did ten minutes on a rowing machine? Your New Year's resolution should be to laugh, laugh, laugh in the spirit. Whoo! That ought to inspire you. You want to get rid of that belly fat? Do some belly laughs. Amen? Ho, ho, ho. Ha, ha, ha. He, he, he. Hey, hey, hey. Now listen to the therapeutic benefits. Thank you, Dr. Thomas. Thank you very much. The therapeutic benefits of laughter. This was published in a health journal in 1996. Dr. Liebeck, the fellow researcher, Dr. Stanley Tandler, blah, 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 have published studies that have shown that laughter lowers blood pressure. Are you taking blood pressure medication? You want to lower it? Laugh more. It also raises the levels in infection-fighting T-cells. That sounds good. Laughter also triggers that release endorphins, the body's natural painkiller. Yeah. Woo! I think I'm just going to stop working out and do more laughing. I work out just about every day of my life, and when I work out, I feel like James Brown. I feel good. You know, after about 20 or 30 minutes or after whatever the case may be, the endorphins kick in. It's a natural painkiller. I'm going to save some money and quit all the clubs and join the laughter club. Hallelujah. Come on, everybody. Let's stand up.